Good morning, beloved. Oh, as usual, it's absolute chaos around here. I always think it, I can get everything set up from scratch in 30 minutes, and apparently I need a little bit more time than that. So I am in a mood today. We're going to twist some tails. I'm fired up. I thought, you know, we don't usually introduce a, a topic, uh, but something came up uh, because of uh, some of the videos I've been putting up. Uh, and I want to address um, what is up with this epidemic of Karens. Um, I ran into a Karen <laughs> this last weekend, and there's actually a whole genre on YouTube of people that are just uploading clips of Karens out in the wild. And where does a Karen come from and what's creating them? And, and I happen to know. Uh, so I might be sharing that uh, with you. Hopefully we won't get ourselves in too much trouble today. We missed, or I, I missed a super chat yesterday. I wanted to start off with that. And I hope Arturo, Arturo, shout out to you if you're still here. He led, led with a question. Arturo is 19 years old and he asks, what skills should I go into school or should I go into the army? He's asking, you know, he's looking for a career path. Like many of you, I was raised very patriotic, very pro-military, very pro-law enforcement. You know, back when I was a, a blue-pilled simp and I just didn't know any better and understand things. That's it. That decision is very simple. Um, I wouldn't have anything to do with the, mil with the U.S. military. Now, that's not to say that there's... I I'm not talking about the, the brave men and women that go in there for the right duty. I'm just saying that I don't think that that's a place that... I, I don't think that's a place that I would want to send... I, oh, I don't think. I know it's not a place I would want to send my child. You know, back in the day, you know, the, the previous empire, the British Empire, the British Isles, they had, you know, they, they basically had the most powerful military and navy in the world. And uh, I uh, grew up reading those stories, Horatio Hornblower and, and all that. I just love that as an Anglophile, I just love that, that era of history. Well, it's very, it's easy to romanticize and, and read about the battles and the bravery. But when you grow up a little bit and you start looking into the geopolitics and what was behind it and, and why it was necessary, you start to realize that a small group of, of traders uh, and um, the East India Company, for example, it, the, the basically used uh, the British soldiers and the British military to, to, to give them, the, to protect their ability to, to, to have commerce, uh, to protect their shipping lanes. And it had uh, less to do, in my opinion, with uh, national sovereignty and such, and more about protecting um, uh, greedy merchants and, and such, uh, anything else, and that many men died. And again, uh, never would I blame the soldiers. I, I, I wanted to go in. I have friends that, that are in and have been in and for the, the best motives. You know, we, a lot of us, were sold a bill of patriotism that, um, well, we're starting to see now uh, maybe wasn't everything we understood it to be. We're talking about forced vaccinations. We're talking about, I mean, really, if we're going to look at it objectively, if we can kind of step away from the rah, 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 uh, go America and all of this and see what have we accomplished and what has been done in the constant wars over the last three decades. What have we, how, how uh, have we as, a, as citizens, how have we benefited from that? You'd be hard pressed. A lot of people have been killed. A lot of people have been injured and maimed. And my question is, for what? For what? Now, I'm not going to get into it. I don't, I don't profess to understand everything, but I do know uh, when something is wrong, and I could not support that. Um, you got to, uh, I understand you want to support your country. I understand patriotism and all that. But um, I think 
I think I take a hard look at it. I would go into blue collar. I, I, would, I wouldn't rack up, I wouldn't go into college unless the only way I, I would advise a young man to, to go in into the, into the college system is if you understood what you were getting into and you were going to um, do something very specific. You wanted to be an engineer because a doctor, uh, you know, those, uh, th those particular trades that, that require a certification. You know, there are gatekeepers for these, these jobs um, and you have to go into the law. You want to be an attorney. You have to uh, you have to meet these standards. You have to take their tests and do the things. You can't just do it on your own. So if this is something that you're just hell-bent on doing, there is no other avenue, um, then, then go ahead and do it. But remember, student loans are forever, and you can't bankrupt them, and there's no forgiveness, uh, and there never will be forgiveness, in, in my opinion. And um, that will be a, you will be an indentured servant, and you'll be tied to that, and that will be a shackle. I'll be a millstone around your neck, for the rest of your life unless you pay it off. Jack most likely is looking at going into a profession where he's going to need to go to university. But we have prepared for this from the very beginning. His grades, um, his transcripts, everything he will be, Mrs. W and I will, will make sure that he, it, the majority of his school will be paid for with scholarships. He'll meet those criteria. We know how to play the game. If you want to know how to play the game, Go look and see what the rich people do with their children, and that's how you do it. So just because you can take out student loans, um, don't do it. It's very enticing. They make it very easy. It's a trap. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible trap uh, that you don't want to fall into. So do what you have to do. Let's say you want to go into the law. It's going to cost you 100 grand, 150 grand. You're going to have to figure it out. Stay away from those student loans. Do what you have to do. Pursue scholarships. Uh, work two jobs, whatever you're going to have to do. But I, if it were me... I would get into the skilled trades, things that are going to be very, very important in the future. I would really push uh, young men into the electrical trades, electrical engineering, um, if you wanted to go advanced degrees, or just electrician. Get your electrician certificate. There, there are programs now in community colleges where you can get your residential certificate for uh, in about one year, and then you'll go right into apprenticeship. And I'll tell you, just word on the street in this area, from who I talk to, and I'm still connected to a few guys in the trades, but they're dying for quality men. And really, the only thing you have to do uh, is to have a driver's license uh, without uh, being, having a suspended license and show up on time. And you don't have to know anything. You don't even have to be the smartest guy in the shed. You just have to sh be able to show up and be reliable. That right there will, will put you ahead of, ahead of just showing up for work. <laughs> will put you ahead of the group. And these companies are very, very willing to cover your costs and make sure to get you an apprenticeship program. You will be, if you're a good dude and you work hard and you put the effort in and you take it seriously, you're going to have your pick. And those trades are really good because of reciprocity. There's a lot of reciprocity across the country. So you, if you're a journeyman uh, commercial electrician, you know, it's not going to be a problem for you to get a job wherever you want to go. So it's going to give you flexibility and options. For some reason, you want to pick up and move. You know, just like yesterday, we had one of our subscribers that, that had a really scary situation where he had, you know, two, two guys tried to break into his house. He actually had to discharge his firearm at the car. You know, I mean, that, that is, that's something that we think is so out of the realm of possibilities that, would, that could happen to us. But here it is. It's happening all the time. 
Home invasions are way up. It is, uh, it is it's getting very dangerous out there. So you want to be flexible and you want to have as many options as possible. If you need to pick up your family and move to the other side of the country, if you're tied down to something that, that is not going to translate well, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna really, to really hinder you. So I, I would get into something like that. You know, even welding, any, just kind of follow your aptitude. But really, as, as a 19-year-old, you may even think right now, well, I'm not really interested in that sort of thing. You know, I don't really know anything about it. You've got nothing but time. What is it going to hurt you to go spend 48 months, 24 months, 48 months, get the certificate, you can get your basic uh, residential electrician, and you'll be making a big money. You, you'll be making, this is six, that's six figures, bro. Six figures. That's a six-figure income. You'd be 19, you could be 21, you could be killing it with a brand new truck and, and about to get a house and while all of your friends are still at home playing video games. Um, I mean, you will... You may look back when you're going through the grind and the school and all that at your buddies thinking they're having a good time, but trust me, Trust me, you will be so, so happy you did that and you'll be ahead of everyone else. So that's what, I, that's what I would recommend. Goodness, we have a super chat from McFadden Farms. Good to see McFadden back. Thank you for your generosity. McFadden writes, good afternoon. As someone who is in the coast, Coast Guard, and I love it, what do you think about uh, that branch? I don't know much about it. Um, the, I don't really know anything about it, to be honest with you. Um, I know it's considered to be the redheaded stepchild of the services, <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't know if that's good natured or what, but no one takes the Coast Guard very seriously. Um, I'm just going to spit the truth here. Um, I know some people that are commercial fishermen. I worked with some guys that, that were um, heavy into maritime, um, pr private uh, captains for boats and such. And one thing that I know about the commercial fishermen is they took a dim view of the Coast Guard. You know, you see the Coast Guard uh, doing these rescues, and they do. You know, they've, they've got, they, they do the rescues, and they've got the swimmers, and they do some good work. Uh, however, I know amongst the commercial fishermen that actually did this for a living, multi-generational, uh, they did not like to have the Coast Guard around. And whenever there was a problem or there was a, a, a mayday, anything like that, they did everything they could to keep the Coast Guard out of it, so that they, and they just dealt with it amongst themselves. The Weinart rule, right? You take care, you know, carry one another's burdens to, you know, take care of one another because the Coast Guard would show up usually with incompetence and a, a whole bunch of fines and tickets. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the hard truth. That's the impression that I have, that I have gotten from some people that know more than I do. Um, I could be completely wrong on that. So I, 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 I'm sure you have the best of intentions, um, but I just can't get with I just can't get with uh, the armed services anymore under the current leadership. I, I just I can't support that, and I'm not going to pretend to. So stay safe out there. Uh, make an exit plan to get out as soon as you can, uh, and, um, and and do something um, do something apart from uh, participating in that system. That that's the way I feel about. It. We're, we're I'm in. I told I told you I'm in a state today. We are uh, we're going to go hard. We have a super chat from Joseph Joseph. Romeo. Shout out to you, Joseph. That's very generous of you. And Joseph writes, hello, Cody. I've been watching since you took out the coyote after your dogs. I'm married. I'm a married Christian man with a child on the way. Keep it up, brother. And please share your testimony. Uh, stay on track. Yeah, I, I will. I, I will. Um, I am. Um, I am fired up. I, um, I, I had my today was cold shower number eight. You know, I was one day ahead of the live stream, but I have to own it. Last Sabbath, um, I, I shied away. I, took, I, I got out of my schedule because we, we keep the Saturday Sabbath. 
the traditional Sabbath. The Sabbath is the seventh day. You know, the fourth commandment tells us to remember the Sabbath day. It's interesting that it's the only of the Ten Commandments that starts with remember. Why? Well, God knew that we would forget. The reason why the Christian church, and this is going to be unpopular, and, and just save your time, don't send me the message. I have looked into it. I have dove deep into this. The reason why we keep, most, most Christendom keeps this, the, the Sunday Sabbath, which is the first day of the week, if you doubt that, go look at your calendar, uh, is because the Catholic Church changed it. If you go, you can go and look this up, look it up yourself, and one of the, one of the reasons uh, that the Catholic Church uses for its authority is that they had the authority to change the day, the time and the date. And we have, and, and that's what they did, and, they, and they're very honest and, for, and upfront about it. The traditional Sabbath, the Sabbath that, that I believe that God wants us to keep is the Sunday Sabbath, um, and um, it's important. So that's a whole other topic, very controversial. Um, save it. If you don't, haven't come to that conclusion, then you, you do what you want to do. Uh, don't send me the scriptures. Uh, I've seen them all. They're all. You take them all out of context. God does not change the Ten Commandments. Uh, the, it's there. Uh, it's important. And it's going to be more important in the future. So uh, how did I get onto that? Anyway, thank you, Joseph. I sure appreciate that. We have a super chat from Last Dance. No comment. Just thank you for that. Thank you for your generosity. All right. We also have a super chat from Marcel Dufour. Dufour. I got to get into my. I got to get into my thing here. Got got the middlemen working hard to send me these nice, clean uh, super chats right here on my phone, and I'm ignoring them here. So I'm going to pick it back up. Marcel writes says that he went uh, the Army Navy route was a medic in the Army and an electrician in the Navy. When I got out, I had my trade papers and no debt. Now, that is brilliant. Yep, that's excellent. You know, and I have, we have a, a family friend that has done a similar thing. You know, he's going to be coming out with his paramedic, you know, really advanced paramedic, you know, went through pararescue. And he's in, I don't know if he's decided to get out yet, but I think he's probably trending that way, but he's going to be in a great position. Yeah, he let, let the military pay for that, but that maybe that worked out for you. But maybe it wouldn't. You know, if we get involved in a conflict, you know, they can extend, uh, they can extend, you know, your, your service time. Um, you're going to have no personal autonomy over what you want to have in your body or out of your body. Uh, and those are just too big of a risk for me. Uh, too big of a risk. I don't trust it. Uh, if it, it has worked out for people, it definitely worked out for Marcel right there. And that's a good deal. And I know pilots the same way, that they got the military to pay for their flight flight time and, and they came out and, and went directly into, some of them went into firefighting, some of them went into commercial. Um, that's a good deal too. But you have to be, and this is to my, all my old boomer friends, you know, the, the boomers are not up to speed with what's going on and how bad things are getting. They're still living in by, a bygone era and they, they, are, they are thinking that the struggles and the difficulties, whether it be work or buying a house or the dating market that they experienced, even Gen Xers, a lot of them are, are completely ignorant about what's going on today, that they, they think that that's, it's the same today. And they don't understand why these kids are having a, such a hard time and not wanting to get involved with this system. Um, and they're completely out of touch. I, fortunately for you, young man, am not. Uh, I, I get it. I know exactly what it is. I have my finger on the pulse of culture. It is, this is what I do, and I need to understand this, or, or how, can I, how can we even talk about different things? So good for you, Marcel, that, that's a good deal. Um, but I would not, I, I would find another way if, if you haven't already decided. 
We have a super chat from R Reveler. Shout out to you, R. And he writes, in the live chat, Tyler Willis has a message for you. Well, can you pull Overton? Maybe can you throw that up there? I don't know who, I, I don't know what that is. I, I can't look at the chat. It distracts me. I, I try to keep things going here. But thank you, R Reveler, for that reminder. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that if it's important. We also have a super chat from Evan Dixon who says, thank you for your shout out yesterday. I'm indeed a humble radio merchant and not a ham snob. Enjoy helping with the comms, longtime channel fan. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so there was, there's always, that's something that comes up a lot in comments as well as personal messages, guys asking about radios because that is a, that's a difficult nebulous uh, thing to get into. And unfortunately, there are, there are a lot of gatekeepers on there. Uh, especially, well, you know my disdain for the ham radio crowd. Not all, not all. There's some good people in there, but there's a lot of snobs in there that, you know, it, it's just human nature. You, it's called inner cliques. We, we, we were introduced to groups and cliques in high school where popular kids or someone who, who, someone who had uh, particular access to something uh, would uh, gatekeep and, and then feel themselves to be better than everyone else and everyone else and do everything they could to keep people out. And there's a lot of that with a ham radio. You know, I don't give two hoots about the ham certificate and all of that. It's not my interest. If you want to do that and you want to be a ham radio guy and, and nerd out with those guys, go ahead. I mean, that's fine. We need those guys. They do a lot of good work. I, I just am not into that. But I also need to have communications and I can't rely upon those, those crappy little, um, resident you know non-professional homeowner grade radios you get at costco they just don't get it done that may work for around the ski resort or whatever but we need something with some more power for those of us who are out doing uh, adventurous things in the back country so yes i have uh, radios that um, may have the ability to broadcast on on ham frequencies or whatever i don't care about that i'm not using them for that but i want to have it if i if there's an emergency i'm not gonna if i'm out there dying with a broken leg or broken back um, I'm going to hit that repeater. I'm going to hit the repeater uh, that's going to get in touch with dispatch. It's going to get someone out there to help, right? So um, I, I think our friend Evan Dixon, Radio Made Easy, if you've got radio questions, he's been highly recommended. I don't personally know him, but if he's here and he's a professional homeowner, we can bet he's a pretty solid dude. All right, so shout out to you, Evan. Thank you. We have a super chat from Volded, and Volded writes... Good afternoon, Cody. Trades are, are the way to go. I started trades at 16. I'm 21 now and married to a strong Christian woman. I am on track uh, to make 120K this year. Good for you. Goodness. I, I, shout out to you, brother. Uh, love your content. Keep it up. Yeah, right there. So all the, you know, date, the dating scene is tough right now uh, for kids um, because they just, they just don't have hope. You know, when you look at what houses are selling for, you look at all of the wealth that the boomers are still hoarding, they just won't go away. We just can't, we can't get rid of them. And there they sit on 60% of the wealth in this country. It, it, you know, so I understand you can be black-pilled and, and just like, what's the point? What's the point of even trying? But you can do it. And it's going to be actually easier now to really set yourself aside and be an exceptional because so few of your of your of the other guys are going to be doing it. They're they're just blackpilling and they're just giving up. And they're just like, well, I'm just going to play video games and just sponge off my parents. Here he is. He got after it. 21, 120, 120k a year. Now, at 21, with a six-figure income. Even if you're short or ugly, that's going to that's gonna make you, yes, your sexual market value is going to be going way up. 
It's sad to say, people will say, well, gold diggers, but that's what women look at. I mean, women do look at, and I don't blame them, women do look at men as providers. So just cover yourself, be careful, know what you're getting into. Uh, but the interesting facts, you know, the statistics, statistics are statistics. If you are a young man and you pair up, pair bond with a young woman of similar faith, and especially if she's a virgin. Your success rate of marriage, it fluctuates though, of being successful is about 80, 85%. That's, that's, that's what your success rate is to make it through your whole life and remain married and not have to go through a terrible divorce. When you get into women that, are, um, that have been out on the, as was it Coach Greg Adam, Adam, Adam calls it, the carousel, the CC, uh, and have had 50, 60, 100, 200 partners, their ability to, to pair bond, those, it really destroy, destroys it. And your, your potential for divorce you know, is now getting up into the beyond 50%, maybe even 65%. And if it's a second marriage or a third, you're looking at 80 and 90% chance of this woman divorcing you and taking everything you, you have. I would stay away as a man, a single man, I would stay away from, from any of these older women I would stay away from um, uh, single mothers, absolutely. Single mothers are predatory. You know, they, they, they look into the future. When they see hard times coming, they realize that they're screwed. You know, they, they, they don't have a support structure. They don't have a man to help take care of them. They've got, they've got all sorts of baggage and problems, and a lot of them are just really saddled down with student loan, and they will paint themselves up and project them to be just the sweetest thing, and they will divorce rape you. Uh, they will, uh, a lot of that's happening. You get married and then pretty soon they're not happy. Uh, they take everything and now you're locked in for 18, 20 years of alimony and child support. Very, very predatory. predatory and this, thing, this is happening a lot. Do not live with a woman. Do not date single women and stay away from those older ones. Um, I cannot emphasize this enough. And, and this is really going to rankle, of, again, a lot of the Gen Xers and, of course, the boomers. Like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. Look at the numbers. Look at the statistics. It's very, very dangerous. And a man like Voided at 21 with a six-figure, 120K income, you are going to have a target on your back. So be wise. Be careful. And... This notion of hafting, uh, of the only option for you of be, of, um, is doing a marriage with the state and, and filing, the, you know, doing all that, I would, I, I would get over that. Um, and I don't care who shames you, your parents shame you, what, what have you. I would, I would take this policy. I would say, look, baby, I love you. You love me. I have committed myself to you. I will do this. I expect you to do this. A marriage contract, so to speak. Write it down if you have to. What is expected? What's going to happen? And uh, I wouldn't get involved with the state. You know, do what you have to do. Find something non-traditional. Say your vows personally to yourself. Go between you and God and do it. But don't get involved with the state and that system. And, and let each other know that the moment that you break these vows, whether it be infidelity or, or what have you, you know, and she's not tied to you, Let's say she just doesn't want to be there anymore or he doesn't want to be there anymore. That um, there's a door. There's the door and you leave with what you came with. Uh, there will, will be none of this family court. There'll be none of this um, alimony. There'll be none of this child support. We will 
help each other out. Of course, you know, if, if she leaves and he's got kids, I'll help take care of those, but it's not going to be because I'm being forced to under threat of jail. This is very non-traditional, and I'm surprised that I wouldn't have thought that I would have taken this view, but it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous, and it's too one-sided. You have to really protect yourself, gentlemen. Do not get involved with these single mothers. Goodness, it's dangerous. Look at that, a single mother like, like having a, a rattlesnake in your house. We have a super chat from Tyler. Shout out to you, Tyler. Oh, Evan, I'm sorry. We got Evan here. I'm moving, I'm moving up here. We have a super chat from Spartan219. Shout out to you, Spartan, and good to see you back. You have been very a faithful, uh, a faithful contributor here. We really appreciate that. And uh, goodness, where did I go? I lost him. Spartan. Hi, brother. Advice for the first time home buying. Advice for the first time home buying. Oh, I would wait right now. Now, I, I'm not the real estate guru, but Mrs. W is. You know, and we... You know, like a lot of people, you know, it, it's hard to know what to do with your money right now. And traditionally, homes have been a good place to put it. We recently uh, bought a small rental not too far away from here. And that, and that seems to be the best bet for us where we can, there, there's a big demand. Uh, there's always going to be demand in this area for people looking to rent. There's, there's not enough supply. So it's easy. You're never going to be just sitting on it. And it's a good place to put your money. However, house prices are are really high right now. And the, and the, big, pro, the big question that I think most people are struggling with is if, some guys will say, well, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to get in on it. I just don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I do follow the car industry. There's a, the, the car industry, the, the whole car industry, that, that bubble's bursting right now. It's happening right now. And I think that the housing is going to follow, follow suit. Now, what happened was when ho houses have been going up like crazy, and that has, there's been a feeding frenzy. There's been more people wanting it. And, there's, and Airbnb has been really popular. And so a lot of people have, have looked, looked at this and said, look, I could borrow money. You know, this was a year or so ago. I could borrow money really cheap. I could get into one of these houses. I could get Airbnb this. And I can pull an extra, pull two, $3,000 a month out of this house. But the problem is that a lot of people have two or three of these things. And, and they don't have much equity into them. And the Airbnb market is drying up. And now they're sitting on it. And a lot of those were purchased with adjustable loans. Uh, and those rates are going up. And there's a lot of people that are going to be hurting very badly and should be very frightened right now. And those houses are going to be in the market. I, I can't give you financial advice. I, I, I'm, I'm not that sophisticated, and it would be wrong anyway. But what, I, what I'm kind of doing is, you know, sit on, seems to me it'd be a good idea, sit on a little cash, get your, your ducks in a row, your credit is good. If you don't have cash to pay outright after I close the stream. We also have a super chat from Last, Last Dance. And Last Dance says, I too was born in a cult, uh, but now I'm born again. God bless you and your family. Thank you for the wisdom of life. Lived, uh, lived. kind regards, Lawrence. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, a lot of people can't get out of that. It, it was interesting. I was, I didn't know I was in a cult when I was in it. <laughs> and and uh, my sister was the first one to kind of pick up on that, you know, before I did. And, and she started using that term. And I thought, oh, what are you talking about? Of course it's not. We're just normal people. And my parents were the same way. And, and when I left, you know, after my sister, we kind of got her, you know, we were got to talking about that. And she explained to me, look, this is what a cult is. And this is what we were in. And I looked at it like, yeah, well, actually, that's what it was. And it was funny, you know, right before my dad passed away, even he had to admit, you know, and they ultimately left as well that, uh, yep, yeah, yep, that was pretty, pretty much what it, what it was. But, you know, it was, uh, we, had, we were in a closed, a closed um, society, uh, 
and with the belief that it was us against the world and we needed each other and, and everyone was our enemy. And so that, that formed a lot of common bonds. It, it, there's a lot of dynamics in it that I, you know, I haven't even really, I haven't even really thought about it, to be honest with you. I, I just, I left it because it was just so terrible. Uh, and I, I've never been one to dwell on the past. And it's only now, I mean, really, just, you know, a couple days ago when, when I was talking about the funeral, that's really the, the first time that I have revisited that in, what, 20, 30 years? So, I don't know. I'm not going to get too bogged down in it. There were good things and there were bad things. I, I'm an optimistic, I have a lot of op optimism and I'm a positive person for the most part. And I just try to, I, I, look, I look back at it. And there's a lot of good. There was a lot of bad, but I don't dwell on it. I don't even think about it. I don't think about those people. I just don't care, to be honest with you. So folks are asking, well, are you, you going to go back there and get them straightened out about the hospital? Goodness, no. No, I couldn't, I couldn't care less. I don't ha harbor any ill will. I just don't have any interest in it. It gives me, I get a bad feeling when I, I don't even like to go back into that town. And, and my sister has said the same thing. I just, I just feel a heaviness there. And it's just depressing, um, and I just avoid it. It just gives me the blues. I, I told, I told Corinne, I said it's likely that I will, after my parents die or move out, whatever, once they were gone, it's highly likely I will never ever step foot in that town again. It just, it's, it's all. It was just, it's just, it brings me down. And I've, I've, I've got my own life now, and and I've just, I'm so much happier and so far, far beyond, advanced beyond those people. You know, it was quite interesting. And I know that there are a lot of them that, that are probably watching. You know, I, I don't know who. I, I've had a few reach out to me and I've just ignored them. I just, I, I just don't have any interest in it. But when I was back, when my dad passed away, um, I was back in, um, in contact with some of them. And it was fascinating. It was like a time capsule. These people were like a time capsule. And if you're watching, uh, sorry, <laughs> but, but the, the world is a big place. And they had not moved on. They were, they were still saying the same things and telling the same stories and sharing the same experiences that they were 30, 30 years ago. Never have moved on, never had, not all, but most of them. And it was interesting. This, it, was, it was difficult to even have a conversation with them because I have got out of that and experienced so much, traveled the world and, and, and read and educated myself and just have such a, hu such a huge world view compared to this tiny little world that I was involved in. And they never have, have really grown outside of that. It, it's almost, it's almost uh, a childlike mentality. It would have to be uh, to stay there as an adult for your entire life. You'd have to have a very small worldview to, to do that. You couldn't be a thinking person, and, and that, that just wouldn't be possible. So uh, if that offends you, get out. Get out, travel, see the world, live your life. You only have one. You've, you've been living your entire life controlled. It, 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 you just feed on each other it, out of fear that someone's going to say something, and then that person is feared that you're going to say something, and it just is this, this perpetuating circle of darkness and hatred. It's, it's horrible. We have a super chat from Jezza, 4300. Are you a fan of Jeremy Clarkson? I know I am. He's based. <laughs> he's, a, he's a funny dude. He's one of the funniest guys on TV. Uh, Jezza writes, uh, hey, Cody, my wife and I are 45, have two kids, nine and 14. Shout out to you. And I wish now we had more and have been working on her. I wish now we've had more and have been working on her, uh, but she feels that she's too old. We are very eye to eye about everything except for this. Well, how uh, 45, 45 is pretty old 
you'll have to, you know, you're, you're looking at a, at a Downey factory at that point, you know. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but that's true. Down syndrome, um, birth defects, uh, you're, you're way beyond past high-risk pregnancy. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't have children. If, that, if, if God puts that on your heart and that's what you want to do, and it's not guaranteed, but the likelihood of it is way, way higher than when your wife was young. Um, just be prepared that you may have a special needs child that you'll have, that you, that, that you'll have to raise. And, you know, and if you're of the mind that, well, if we look in you know, and find out while the child is in utero you know, that we'll abort, you know, I can't get behind that. Um, you know what you're doing, and that's irresponsible. So that's a decision that the two of you will have to make, but make sure you understand, and she understands if she doesn't already, and I'm sure you do, you guys are, are mature people, that, you, that is a high risk for birth defects and problems. And maybe that's not a concern for you. you know, maybe that even could turn into a blessing with your family. That's not for me to say, and that's not a guarantee, but just I would consider that. Um, I would consider that. If, if Mrs. W, for some strange miracle, if that were to happen to us and she would become pregnant at, at our age, um, I, would, I wouldn't even want to know uh, if there were birth defects. I wouldn't, even, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be involved with any hospitals. I would just, you know what, this is what is happening, and we'll deal with it as it comes. Uh, if that's what we have to deal with, that's what we have to deal with. Um, but how many, you know, how many children... I don't trust the medical establishment as much as many of you do. And by, that, that, a lot of that is going to come from the way I was raised as them being the enemy. I get that. I'm going to be somewhat biased on that. But what is the number one killer of Americans in the country? It's medical malpractice. And, you know, it, I just don't, they're just people. And some are good or, and some are bad, you know, just like anything else. You know, there's, there's, what do you call the guy that graduates last in medical school? You know, doctor, he's still there too. So no one knows what you need and what your body needs more than yourself. Um, the resources are there where you can self-diagnose and you can do a lot of things outside of that system. It would be last result for me. And, and if that, you know, I, I was somewhat standoffish from, it, from before, but now the idea of getting a transfusion of non-clean blood, no, no, not, that's not happening. Um, I, I will, um, I'll see to it. I'll, physician heal thyself. I'll see to my own things. And, and if I, God takes me out early for lack of, uh, you know, I wouldn't do, no, nope, 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 nothing to do with it. Unless they tie me down, kicking and screaming, um, I, I'll uh, give that place a wide, wide berth. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's a tough decision, but uh, just be smart about it. We have a super chat uh, from Tyler. Borgerding. Shout out to you, Tyler. And Tyler writes, I'm curious your thoughts on big versus small farms and conventional versus organic versus regenerative farming. And think of our food system. I think our food system has become very messed up. It's compromised. And it's, it's very, it's, it's a very, it's a troubling thing. It's something that we all need to consider. Now, I, I'm not a farmer. I cannot speak on this uh, other than my personal experience. Now, when Mrs. W had our garden, when it was chooching along, um, she was providing a good deal of the food that we were serving. And I think that that's going to be more and more important. There's a lot of toxins and poisons in our food. There's a lot of things that we're eating that are not healthy for us. So we need to get back to that original, um, that original diet, close to the ground. To know where your food is coming from is, is more important now than, than ever. 
not just for health, health aspects, but it's just not going to be available uh, for a lot of people. There's going to be shortages. There are shortages now. So I can tell you this. We had a big garden um, and a big orchard, and it was a full-time job. It was a lot of work. Um, and when we, went, when we started making plans for our new one, we downscaled it by, by about a fourth the size of the big one. And you just don't need that big of an area. It, it, you can produce a lot of food on an acre. Um, so I would, I would look at, you know, it's easy to say to look at your land like, oh, I'm going to have this big spread. It's going to be amazing and everything. Well, that, it, you need help with that. You can't just do it by yourself, especially if, you're, if you have a J-O-B. If you've got a job off-site and then you, you're coming to try to deal with this, just start small. Just start small and you can always build up. You know, fence in an area if you have to, if you're in an area that has a deer fence. And understand that, you know, if we outgrow this, we'll knock out the side and we'll set four more posts and we'll push it out and then we'll make it bigger. You know, do what you have to do. But as far as, I can't advise you on farming, brother. I don't even know these terms. I don't, I don't know these things. As, you know, as I told you, I, I'm, not, I'm not the man. I, I, I don't even like it. So... Uh, organic, regenerative, I don't even know what that means. Apart, I know what organic is, but I wish I could help you. I, I, I just, I'd just be BSing. Um, but I know that take into consideration the amount of work that is involved with it because it's tremendous. We have a super chat from Mr. Morris. Shout out to you, Mr. Morris. Goodness, a very generous super chat to you. Uh, Mr. Morris says, I have sinned against you in the past by speaking ill about you in, a pri in, in private out of spite a few years back. I was wrong and I hope you can forgive me even though you don't know me. You know, I admire you for that. Um, and I, I don't judge you at, at all. Last night, I, I'm going to all own something that I was really embarrassed about. I love my wife more than anything. I cherish her. She is, the, she is my, she's my helpmate. You know, she's, she's the perfect woman, the woman that God gave to me. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I was um, in my closet last night. I have a small walk-in closet, and, and I was, um, I've been really getting into um, um, uh, this Wim Hof, these exercises. And, and it, it's a lot of concentration in it. And, and I was in the closet, and, and you know she needed to get some things in there, and she had been up yet. And, and I, was, I was really in there, and I was focusing on what I was doing. And, and I had my, hair, my ear, earbuds in, and I, I heard her say something. And she wanted something, and I, 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 I responded in a, in a kind of a coarse manner. Something to the effect that, you know, can you give me a minute? You know, I just want to be left alone for a minute. Not, not, not in a loving way whatsoever. It was, uh, the, the moment the words left my mouth, I, I just had, I, I felt terrible. You know, and, and, I, she, and, I, and I, I stopped what I was doing, and like, nothing matters until I get this sorted out. What I just did was coarse, it was insensitive, it was rude, and it was wrong. And she did nothing to deserve this. Here, all she probably wanted to do was to get her nightgown so she could get into bed, and, and she didn't, she's trying to be respectful. And you know, and I didn't hear what she asked me. You know what she asked me? She didn't even ask me if I could get out of the way so she could get something. She asked me if she could make me something to eat if I was hungry before I went to bed. And I responded to her in that, in that coarse, rude manner. Here we are talking about the, you know, about the importance of being the golden rule in Christianity. And here, you know, I, I'm standing up here professing to be, you know, teaching the gospel, etc. And in my own house, right there, I, I did that. 
I, I, I was so ashamed of myself. I was so reviled. I, I stopped what I was doing. As I said, nothing matters until I sort this out. I went over there. I sat down on the bed, and I just asked her for her forgiveness. I said, I am so sorry for responding to you in that way. And it wasn't any, I mean, I'm not, I may be being hyperbolic, you know, maybe blowing it out because she didn't seem to have seen it that way, but I knew what was behind it. And I knew that I was a little bit aggravated and frustrated. And doesn't she know that I need, and I want, you know, it, it, it didn't make any difference. It's very humbling to me. You know, I don't, I, it's a hard thing to do to own things like that. I understand that. It was a hard, it's a hard thing for me to, to do it when I'm wrong, but I, it, I do it. Uh, the, mo- the moment. And the closer we get to God, the more, the more sensitive you are to that. You may be doing things and saying things that in the past that, that you didn't even think were that big of a deal. But the closer you come to God and, the, and, the, and the, as the Holy Spirit moves upon you and the more Christ-like you become with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, these things that you've done in the past that were such, so, so, such great sins, so egregious, uh, start to become, you start to see the magnitude of it. And when I see a man that's willing to come here publicly, right here, just like, um, oh, I'm sorry, you're back up here, just like Mr. Morris did, you know, that, 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 that is a man that is, that is approaching God, that has God in his heart, and I, I just admire that and respect that tremendously. You're forgiven, man, not that you need my forgiveness or, or whatever. I, you know, the Lord's Prayer, right in the middle of it, is so important. You know, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And you know, the, the one thing that's really clear is in the good book is that we will be judged as we judge. If we judge people harshly in life and have high expectations or unrealistic expectations of, of them, then we could expect that same judgment. And so that's a very frightful thing to consider. And a, a man that comes here and does that, um, shout out to you, Mr. Morris. That, that is, um, for what it's worth, um, I, 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 I forgive you 100% and I respect you uh, for that. That takes a big man to do that. Awesome. Man, this is awesome. What a great way to start the day. We have a super chat from the trumpet guy, 723. Shout out to you. And he writes, what are some good first steps to grow closer to God? I guess understanding what a piece of trash we are or what we've become or how mean and, and angry and vindictive and, and hateful we've become. That we've, even though it's hard to see when you're just, everyone else is doing the same thing and you look around and you may do something that's dishonest or say something and then instead of being rebuked by someone and pointing it out to you, you get a pat on the back or you, you're, just, you're just mimicking or just following the behavior that, that you see. And we can get to the point where we start to really, we've lost, we've lost. 99% of the people in this country have lost their humanity. There's no such thing as, I mean, words like fidelity and loyalty and honor and honesty, those things are passe and, and they're, they're out of vogue. They're, 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 just, they're, they're considered words from, and, and customs from a bygone era. But God doesn't see them that way. And we don't even know how wretched and and how filthy we've become. Understanding that and seeing that, that's why it's so important to read, start by reading the book, the book of John. There's four gospels in in the New Testament and the book of John. And go through and and read and and look and see what true Christian character looks like. Not from another man, not from me, don't look to me. I fell down again last night, had to repent for my sins. And I will fall down again and again. 
I'm here to point you to him. I, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I mean, I, I have the same problems as you do, and maybe, mo- maybe more so. So understanding that you're, the, the, the condition that you're in, and then if you want to really see it, go read the book of John and see what true Christian character looks like. And then that will, that, that, you'll see a, a, a tremendous contrast between the, the things that are acceptable of the world and the things that are acceptable with God. Once you realize that, that's when you can go with a sincere heart, get down on your knees and just, and just ask for help. Like, say, I, like I, God, I don't even know if you're real. I don't even know what's going on. All I know is that this isn't, I don't feel like this is the way, the person that I was made to be. I've become something, I've become a monster. I've become something that I don't even recognize anymore and I'm ashamed of myself. When you feel that, that conviction, that's God coming to you. He's already there. He's been there for a long time. He's just finally got you to see it. And now you're like, oh, I am in trouble here. That's when he's there and he's ready to listen. Get down on your knees. Ask for forgiveness for the things you've done. Ask him to bring to your attention wrongs that you've done that you maybe not even be aware of. And get into a daily, just set aside a half hour. Spend 15 minutes reading. If you can spend 15 minutes reading and it takes you a couple weeks to get through it, that's okay. Uh, and, and spend time in prayer. Do the first thing in the morning. If you don't think you have time, you're just going to have to get up an hour earlier uh, and, and do that. Uh, and, and just stay connected here. If you don't have a church family, if you don't have people to, a sounding board or, or people to encourage you uh, or to remind you that you're not alone in this world, then that's, we're here, we're here. I'm going to make every effort to be here every, at noon. If you're feeling discouraged, you know, come here um, and we'll, we'll support one another the best we can. It's not perfect. It would be nice if we could all be hanging out together in an elk hunting camp. I get that. But this is what we have. Uh, and, that's, and, and that's where I'd start. It's not difficult. Don't let people make it difficult. It's not. Shout out to you. Men like you that come to that come to this realization are very, very close to God, uh, and He's there for you. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. You'll see you, God will move in your life in powerful ways that, that those of us who have been in the faith for a long time can only dream of. It's amazing. James Parrish, shout out to you. He married a single mom. Worst life decision. I have two more years of child support, $1,350 a month. One child. Single guys, do not marry single women unless God tells you to. Absolutely do not do it. I don't care what your boomer parents say. Do not do that. Don't marry any single women. No. Don't cohabitate. I would say don't marry. I would say don't marry. I'd figure out another solution. Um, It's too dangerous. Not until things change and they're not going to change. It's only going to get worse. And I I wanted actually to talk on that. I don't even know if we're going to have time to get to that. We might have to punt that to tomorrow. But my topic for today was kind of on that line. Yeah. Yeah, you want to you, you reality check? You think I'm wrong? Next day off you have, go down to your local family court. You can, they're open to the public. You can sit in there and watch. And you go there and sit in there and watch there for about four or five hours. And you will come away with a very, very different perspective. This is the voice of wisdom, gentlemen. Do not do it. Do not get involved with single mothers. Goodness. We have a super chat from Cody Bordeaux. Shout out to you, Cody. That's a fine name. 
He says, like always, thank you for being a guide for us young men and newly formed families. I always pick up good advice on how to be a leader of our home. Yeah, we're here to, we're here to learn from each other, gentlemen. And it's important, it's important to be honest and candid. It's important for me. I have resolved uh, to bear my soul here publicly. And when I mess up, uh, I'm going to share it. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm not putting up any pretenses here. I'm not putting up any shells anymore. I don't care if I look like a fool. It doesn't make any difference. Authenticity is what's needed. And authenticity is what is lacking in this current environment. You know, there's just, there's channels that I have followed for years and everything is just happy, happy, happy all the time and, and never touch on, any, on the human condition, never touch on the struggles of life. And I know, I know that everything is not as happy as they would make it to look. I, I know that, that we all have good days and bad days. And to not share that and just to always be putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there, inauthentic positivity or fake positivity, I don't know, that just doesn't play very well anymore. I, I think what we need now and what I want, I'm drawn to the authentic. I'm drawn to the raw word of God. I, I don't want religions. I want to be religious. You know, that, that's, that's to, to quote Wim Hof. You know, he said that in a video I watched a while back. That's beautiful. Yeah, I want to be connected to God. I want to follow Christ. I want to know the truth. I want to be in the kingdom. I don't have any time for the wisdom of men. I've, I've experienced it. And once you look at it, you realize, you know what? These guys don't know anything more than I do. They're actually, they're more regressed than I am. You know, why am I sitting here with this man sermonizing up on a pulpit, reading some rehashed, tired old sermon that comes around every Christmas? I mean, goodness. Are they growing? Are they reaching people? Are the churches, are they doing anything? They're dying. They're dead. This is how the gospel is going to be spread. By you and by me. Uh, this is how it's going to be spread. Real life, real people, gritty, real life experiences, laughing, crying, sharing, caring, just getting back to being humans again. We have lost our humanity. It's been, we've been so programmed, we don't even know what we are, where we come from anymore, it's all been lost. As I said the other day, the only thing, the only tether that I've had to sanity, anchor, the anchor or port in a storm that I've had is the, is I saw it mirrored with my grandfather. Actually saw it. I'm one of the last, I am the last generation that actually had access to that and I saw it. And being raised in that closed Christian environment, it, 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 it gave me an opportunity to see what, what real humans look like before they were completely um, changed into whatever they are now. Um, and so I, I, I see that now. And now I, so God protected me, he put his hands of protection upon me. I don't know, call it what you want. You know, there were good things and bad, but that was a good thing. I saw it and that's something, if you were born, you know, 1980s or past, you probably did, don't even know what we're talking about. You probably did, don't even, you never got to experience that. And you're hearing this sort of thing for the very first time right here. So I think it's important that we keep that alive because it's not old fashioned. It's not, it, it's not irrelevant. It, it is, it's essential. And it's going to be required of God's people. There's a lot of foolish Christians that, that think that they don't have to change themselves or change their spirit, or change the way they do, that, that God will just take care of that. In the twinkling of an eye, He's just going to make me, I'm gonna, I'll shed this old man, and, and I'll, I'll pick up, you know, I'll become the, the new man, it'll make a change. I'm not seeing it that way anymore. 
seems to me that that change, that resurrection from the old man into the new man, needs to take place here and right now. That's where it needs to take place. That's what God is moving upon my heart and a lot of you and call, that you're calling, out, calling you out of the world that we realize we need to make these changes now. That, that we don't have to wait for anything. That we, we can get back to, to being honest, trustworthy, kind, compassionate creatures. We can put away the competitiveness. We can put away the false bravado. We can put away the foolishness. And we can embrace traditionalism because that's really where it's at. It's not passe. It's not old, old and irrelevant. It is the only thing that's going to save us. You know, it's my generation <laughs> it is the only thing that's holding this country together, to be honest with you. The boomers are gone. I mean, they, they did their damage and now they're, they're just, just taking up resources uh, and then looking down on, on the younger generations. You know, we're the only ones that have the, for the most part, that are out holding down, keeping the grid open, keeping, keeping things running. And a lot of us are getting to the point where like, you know, we're tired of doing it. You know, we're looking around, we're the only one pulling the cart and there's less, there's more people riding than pulling. Uh, and well, people are getting out of harness. Uh, and that's, that's what's happening. So that's the way I think of it. Mr. Hastings, shout out to you. And thank, Mr. Hastings sent me a nice little prize here. I'm gonna I didn't have time to incorporate that, but that's going to be the business on the snow streams. He says, with all meat diet, all you need to raise are cows. Yeah, there's, I, I could probably survive an all meat diet. I did it for, I don't remember how many months. It was a long time, but I only ate just steak. And uh, man, I felt great. <laughs> and I, I, I have to say that it did get a bit tiresome, uh, but not so tiresome that I didn't enjoy steak every night. It, it was fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You get an all-meat diet and uh, you know, a couple of bitter herbs growing in the garden and maybe a few fr fruit trees and some berries, eh, you'd be in good shape. You know, we don't have anything to fear. Let, let the lost, let the atheists, let the people with no hope, let them be fearful. Let them plug into modern media and, all, and just, and just be a, get, receive a constant stream of fear-mongering and propaganda. I turn that stuff off. I, I, I don't want no more news. I, I just don't care anymore. We're, we're, we are moving the army of God forward. And again, this is a spiritual battle. We, we, we don't advocate violence here. It's not the way. God told us that he knows what we have need of before we ask. God told us that he'll provide for us. He said, why do you worry about tomorrow? Can you change it? Is there anything you can do about it? No. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, I'll add all these things unto you. The Christian soldier is not fearful. The Christian soldier has put his hand to that plow and told God, God, I, uh, you've asked for a few good men to, to hold the line and, and here I am. I've surrendered myself to you. I put my body, my mind, my soul, I stand in the gap. I'm a soldier for you. I'm ready for orders. And, and that soldier needs to be prepared mentally, physically. If you're overweight, if you've been sitting around, if, if COVID took a toll on you, if you're drinking too much, I get it, man. I, I was, I, from the peak of COVID, from right now, I lost 45 pounds. 45 pounds, can you imagine that? I was 220 pounds. You can do it. And I, it, you don't need diets and all that. Just partner with God. Just get your diet in check. Just move more. Eat less. You don't need any gimmicks, anything like that. But it is important to get your body as healthy as it can be. 
all of us are not don't have the same opportunities. I know I know a lot of you have injuries and, and disabilities and stuff. That's okay. God is no respecter of persons. He will compensate for you. But we have an obligation. Eat the healthy food, get the sodas, get, get the processed food, anything that, that, that is um, Oreos, cookies, all that sort of thing. Just, just put it away. Put it away. Put the alcohol away. Step away from those things. Drink water and, and, and the best water you can and, and get yourself ready for the fight. A healthy mind can receive communications from, from the Father better. We have to make these changes. We have to start becoming better and brighter in this world. God, God is, will compensate. God will, will help us. But we have an obligation as well. You know, Noah had to build the ark. He had to get up there with his sons with hammer and tong and saw and shovel, and he had to build that. And, and, and we have to partner with God in, this, in, this, uh, in the coming battle. I'm guessing that of all the people in the world, the number of people, if I had to guess, that, that are actually going to be called to do the work and not even all of them is going to be saved, I'll bet it's 1% or less. 1% or less. Look how many are here. 598 people. I have 2.25 million subscribers that they think, most of them think this is foolishness, that they're only here for just cheap entertainment, gimmicks, you know, it, clickbait, w w whatever. But the real people, the real people of God that's, that, that's who's here. That's a small percentage. Maybe someone could even figure up what the percentage, you know, what is 600 of 2.25 million? You know, that, that, that's what we have to expect. And also, know this, that when times really get difficulty, difficult and people really start being pressured and, and fear, real fear comes upon them, when they see the chosen, when they see those that, that are living and behaving maintaining, keeping the commandments of God, keeping standards and morals, they're going to hate you. With a burning hatred, they're going to try to destroy you. So understand this. Count the cost before you commit to this. Because if you can't do it and you can't collaborate with God and if you can't do something as simple as getting a hold of your biology, put, put away the pornography, getting a hold of your, your bad eating habits, 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 Take, do the cold, the Wim Hof cold shower and the breathing. If you can't do those basic, simple things, then what use are, are you to any of us? You're not. God is testing his people right now. I told you about the story of Gideon. Remember the story of Gideon? How did he find who his soldiers would be? How did he find who would be the bravest? Well, God showed him the ones that went down to the river and drank with a hand versus the ones that lapped like an animal. And that was the great majority. Narrow be the way, gentlemen, and few be that find it. And it's going to be very, very few of us. I'm beyond feeling privileged um, to be called to this work. Um, I, have, um, I have put my hand to this plow and I am 1,000% resolved. Be here with me. We'll get there together. We have a lot of work to do. And it's not, we can't just, just rely upon someone else to do it for us. There's things that we're going to have to do. Um, and God will, God will compensate. But um, don't be fearful. We have nothing to be afraid of. We know the outcome. We know who's on the winning side. And we know we'll be victorious through our, Jesus, uh, through our Savior. We have a super chat. I do not consent. It says, help me understand domino dim the domino diamond situation. 
I don't even know what that is. I thought I was plugged into culture. Does anyone know what the domino diamond situation is? I haven't even heard it. I told you I don't, I don't follow the, the news anymore, but um, now I might have to look it up. But thank you. That was very generous of you. Shout out to you. We have a super chat from Edge Sniper. Shout out to you, Edge Sniper. And he writes, hey, I'm new to this channel, but it seems like you got it all together. Well, it may seem that way. Uh, what advice do you have for a young relationship striving for marriage? I'm 20 and she's 22. 22 is pretty good. Um, I, I would, I hope, I would really want to know who this, I want, you want to know her background. You know, a lot of young women now are sexually active at 14. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. She had, could, it's possible that she could be, have been on the market for a decade. How many partners uh, does she have? And women will most often lie about that. The, the number that they'll give you, I would probably quadruple it. Um, I would do a background check. Um, I, would, I would know everything that I could know about this woman before I got involved in any marriages whatsoever. Um, <laughs> you're so ignorant. You, know, you go into it so blindly. You know, As a young man, you know, you're like, especially if you haven't had a lot of female attention, that's when guys are really in risk. If you've never had a girlfriend or have not you know, really done well with women or, or know how, to, how they are and how to act around them, what happens to a lot of dudes is the first woman that pays them the slightest bit of attention, man, they try to lock it down. And they will go in very blind, very t with tunnel vision. You got to be smart about this stuff. Avoid the state marriage. If you could, at if, you, if she insists on it, if she absolutely insists on it, you need to do a prenup. You need to spend some money on, it, on, a, on a, uh, an attorney, and you need to get that locked down. You need to protect yourself. If you propose this to her and she balks about that, then you know, you know you've got your answer right there. As hurtful, as hard as that's going to be, uh, once you've explained to her your concerns, you've explained to her how one-sided the law is and, and how dangerous a situation you can get yourself into. Do you know now that a woman, um, even a, a married woman, and, and they do it all the time, there's a whole bunch of dudes sitting in jail can, can claim, uh, can call the cops and marital RAPE, and they'll, they'll immediately come and throw you in a cage? This is happening. This is happening to dudes. Are like this didn't even. This is ridiculous. And then they off they go with the kids. Uh, the whole system is set up to support them. I can't support it. I don't advocate it. Uh, be smart about it. Trust these wise men in the comments. Trust me with my 50 years of life experience. You know, I'm not. I'm an intelligent person. I, I follow these things. I, I, I'm. Not, this is not me speaking out of emotion. These are statistics. This is what's happening. It's very very dangerous for you. Be careful. We have a super chat from Tim Caldwell. Shout out to you, Tim. Thank you for your generosity. And Tim says, Appreciates the appreciate the message. Been a big inspiration to our family. Can you give an update on the NVG? Have you updated anything? Uh, well, I don't know where you came in. My, what he's talking about is night vision, night vision goggles. So the first, the first, the first ones I bought is I bought two PVS-14s, which are the the military, the old military, the monoculars, single view. I had one that was white phosphor and one that was a traditional green with good tubes uh, from a reputable company. And they were great. They, they, were, uh, they were 
they were super good. No, no problem at all. Uh, and then I, unfortunately, I kind of got into looking through and finding out about the, the binoculars. <laughs> you know? uh, so I ended up with, so I per currently have a, um, I think it's the Harris, but I think it's called the 5032 or the, the trade name now is the PVS 31. Um, I don't know what to add to that other than, yeah, they're super awesome. Well, one thing that my, my, my buddy, my neighbor has got into night vision and he's part of the, he's part of my, the local war band that I put together. And, um, he's been going out and we're going to go as soon as it warms up a little bit on the one of those, but he's been going out. And so one thing that's really interesting is he can see where every, um, camera is because of the IR, the IR, like the little, the little cameras that we have, security cameras and such, you know, they put out that IR beam, which, which is invisible to the human eye. And it, um, but it's, you can pick it up very clearly. Uh, sounds like, stands out like a sore thumb under night vision. So uh, he's been going around. It's like, oh, you'd be surprised where, where you'd find cameras, where you wouldn't think that they are and, and making a note of all that. And like that, that in itself right there is a very valuable piece of kit uh, to have uh, in the coming struggle, wouldn't you say? Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I haven't, um, from the last time of what I've shown you, I haven't uh, changed anything. I mean, it's, it's as, it, that's as good as, the PVS 31 is as good as you can get. Um, I have that on a, my uh, Flux helmet. And um, yeah, that's about all I could, I don't know what else to say about that other than I, it's recommended if you have the means. But it's a, that's an expensive game to get into. You're talking um, for good binos like that, $13,000 just for the binoculars, another $1,500, $1,200, what, for a mount? Maybe, maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's half of that. It's a better part of a grand uh, for, for like a um, Wilcox mount. And then a good helmet's going to run you non-ballistic, you know, five, 600 ballistic's going to be over 1,000 um, plus a few accessories. So, you know, you're looking at a $15,000, more than that. Now, let's talk about, a, a, yeah, an illuminator. If you look at it like a mall, what's a mall cost now? What are those four or five thousand dollars? Three thousand? I don't remember. So to do it right, like super skookum, I mean, you're looking you're looking fifteen grand to get into that game, um, and that's for something that you may or may not use. So I don't judge. Um, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't tell a man what to do with his money. Uh, but but the other thing is is it's gonna it's money in the bank as well. The investment that I made in night vision, you know, right pre-COVID is probably, I could probably get 20% more than what I have into it now. So, and it's, it's never going to go down in value, especially once, once they take it, take it away from us. And, and that, that's going to be on the horizon. We have a new member, Hammy. Shout out to you, Hammy. Welcome. And Jay Smith, shout out to you. You guys have access to the cool new emojis and you get started with your member's badge, which I think I might upgrade the member's badge. The member's badge is currently a West Coast hat. I think we need to do something a little bit more special for the new members. I'm going to consult with the middlemen. Uh, they picked the last three member badges um, and I'll have them throw up some of their better ideas and what something, something that would be extra nice, something real nice for you new members. I think that's important as a way of saying thank you. As well as Mrs. W and I are going to be doing um, some live streams just for you guys. Um, and the first one, we'll fit it in this weekend. We'll, 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 we'll get that ironed out here the next day or so, but uh, we'll get her on there. So bring your wives because Mrs. W is the best. She's, a, she's the better of the two of us, let's be honest here. 
But shout out to you, Jay Smith and Hammy. Welcome. Welcome to the family. We have a super chat from Mark who writes, how do you tell between wanting quality and greed? Ooh, that's a very, very good question. Very good question. Are you trying to convict me? Is this directed at me? <laughs> wanting quality at greed. I guess... I well, You know, that's hard for me to relate to because I've never been a... I've never been a greedy person. I've always been, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn or anything, but, you know, I've liked that. I like nice things. I like, I like quality things. And, and I, I, I went off, I'm sorry, mom, you're not getting enough attention. I, I definitely went, went off the rails when I came in. It was the first time in my life I ever came into money. You know, when, when as my friend Don says, you know, she, did, she when she looked at, our difference when she knew us back in the day to now, she, she's funny. She says, yeah, I, I know how it works. When, when you reach a, a million subscribers, YouTube flies over you and just starts dumping bags of money on top of your house. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So you do come into money, you know, you do come into money from this. And I went crazy with it. Like, cause I'd never had it before, like motorcycles and chainsaws and all this stuff. And I, I just, you guys saw it. it all took place right in front of you. Well, I've come to understand that that's, that's not the way to go. And I'm scaling back on that. But the new motto the motto, the official, the mantra, one of the many mantras of the professional homeowner is going to be a better quality but less. My closet every morning is such a joy. It used to be, I, <laughs> I can't even believe it. I did a video where I had like 27 of my Levi shirts. And I bought 27 Levi shirts because I thought, I love that shirt so much. And then I read about Jay Leno, how he wore, only wore denim, the same outfit all the time because it was easier to edit that if he missed something or they need to come back and reshoot something, he'd just step back in. He was always wearing the same clothing. Mama, you're going to mess up the show. I know you want to stay up there. Uh, so, and then I heard, Le I got the, Levi was going to uh, quit making the, the classic shirt that I love so much. And so I, we found, Mrs. W found them on sale and, and I just went in there and I bought like 48 of them. <laughs> I bought them. I bought a bunch of them. They're actually all boxed up uh, for future use. So that might be the uniform <laughs> of, the, uh, of the army of God. Uh, hopefully you wear a large tall in the future. So, um, but that, you know, having all that stuff and, and all the possessions, that, as Tyler Durden said, the things that you own can end up owning you. And man, is that not the truth? You just worry about it and you have to deal with it and store it. It's horrible. So I made a clean sweep. And um, there were things that I have had in my closet, shoes and coats that I have maybe worn one or two times, but I've kept them in there for decades because, well, because I spent so much money on, on them 15 years ago, I just felt like I couldn't get rid of them. I finally just said, let it go. Let it go. You're not wearing it. You don't like it. You don't feel good in it. Let it go. So we started boxing the stuff up and... Um, we gave it to local families. A lot of families have a bunch of kids and, and everybody's happy to have it. And we were happy to get rid of it. So it worked out good. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy quality. And it also now is important to me to know where things come from. I want to buy clothing that are made by real, but by people that are not being abused. They're not chained to sewing machines. They're not children in slave factories. And I don't want to support these big corporations and such. So I've, and I'm not going to apologize for it. The stuff I wear is very expensive, um, but it's made by real people. And, and you can call and talk to the people that make it. And they're uh, like, 
when they send you something, you get a handwritten card, you know, like, hey, th thank you for, mama, you just won't, she just won't be denied. What can I say? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. All right, you have to lay there. I'm the only one that can roll her upside down. So I said, what do I like? What am I comfortable in? What's going to be the best quality built? Don't scratch, don't you scratch my, my don't you scratch my stuff. Uh, um, I decided on Ironheart. And so I bought, uh, I figured, what do I need? I need about four pair of pants. I need a couple jackets. I need about three flannels, um, a couple of insulated tees, uh, some, a few hoodies, you know, a couple dozen items, and laid it out, and, and that's what I'm going to buy. My, so I have about 80% of what I need. There's a few other things that I'm waiting to come in. But that's it. I'm going to be done with it. And everything that I have, I'm going to enjoy. I know where it came from. It's made of the best quality organic cotton. I don't have to worry about poisonous dyes or unscrupulous manufacturing. It's, it settles me, uh, and, and I like it. And, and I'm in a position to do it, and I did it. And I don't, you know, people don't won't agree with that, don't judge it, but quality clothing that is going to last a long time. We have this idea that clothing should be cheap because we're used to it. Walmart, you can go buy cheap clothing. You can buy, you know, we, we expect to pay $10, $12 for a t-shirt, what, whatever. Clothing in the past has been very, very expensive because it, it, there's a lot that goes into making it when it's made right by real people with, with the best ingredients, made to last, made to fit, need to work with the body, made to breathe. You, know, you wear this stuff all the time. Don't you want it to be quality? Don't you want it to know you, to, to fit you properly and move and work with you and protect you? Because clothing is protection for a lot of us that work in the shop. So I make no apologies. I love the, the company. I love um, where they, the stuff that they make. Uh, it fits me perfectly. It just makes me happy. It starts my day off in, in, a, in a good positive mindset. And my, ho my house is not chaotic. My, my, I don't have to worry about all these decisions and putting these different things together. It's just, it's a simple wardrobe, a very high quality wardrobe in every single piece in there I, I love. I love, I enjoy wearing it, I feel good in it, it fits me well. Um, and that's what, that's my motto, is less but higher quality. And it's very settling to go into, to go into your closet or when you're getting yourself ready in the morning, it could be your bedroom, whatever, and everything is neat and tidy and folded and of high quality and, and things that you enjoy. It just, it makes the whole day start out really nice. I don't throw clothing on the floor anymore like I used to. I respect it. I, it's, I paid a lot of money for it. It's expensive. It's special. It's different. And when I'm done with something, I take it off and I fold it. I fold it neatly and I put it in its place. And that organizes my house. It organizes my mind. I enjoy it. So that's the way I look at it. So I, I know not everyone's going to get it. It's not, not your thing, uh, but it's my thing. And it's important to me. Ironheart of Japan, if you're curious. You're not going to like the prices. It, it is expensive. But it's, it's expensive to do clothing properly. It just is. We have a super chat from, did you grow up in the FLDS Mormon offshoot? Nope, had nothing to do with Mormons. A lot of people have asked me, like, oh, I, I see you were, in, you were in Jehovah's JW or you were with the Mormons. No, it was nothing. It was a non-denominational, very old church that came out of um, Oklahoma and Idaho. Um, it's, you've never heard of it. It was in the national, new, national news some years ago um, for some um, children that were, had 
that were injuries or diseases and they were resisting medical, you know, I, I don't know. I don't follow it too much anymore. I think it's fractured and splintered. I don't think it's what it was, once was. I, I just don't follow it. But how do you tell the difference between quality and greed? I didn't even answer the question. I went on a rant. Um, I guess I explained how I see quality and I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. If someone shows up, you know, wearing, um, a $400 Ironheart denim jacket, it could be done out of greed or it could be done out of showing off. I guess that's, that's potential. I guess I'll, I might have to do some self-reflecting on that. But I don't think so. Even from the time I was just little, even when, when I worked with guys that would make fun of me because I was buying Westco handmade work boots, even though I was just making $10 an hour, you know, that was a big sacrifice for me to do that. Like, oh, you're a fool, man. You know, you, you can, we, we, we go get these cheap boots, you know, but it was important to me, not because I didn't care what they think. I, even it actually, they, they got after me for it. So it didn't, I wasn't showing off. It just made me look dumb to them, but it was still important to me because the quality was important. And I really appreciate craftsmanship. That's, that's really a, a big point of it. I love quality craftsmanship. And when you see every single detail has been, there's been attention paid to it from the copper rivets how they're made and where they're sourced and how they're put into the onyx and the buttons to the particular stitching. Um, I, I mean, I, with my clothing, I can even go back and I can see the, the, the Japanese guy that dyes the, the denim with pure indigo, the old way with the blue hands, you know? That's cool to me, that craftsmanship, I appreciate that and I wanna support it. I want, I want to, to buy those items because I want that tradition to be maintained. It's important to me, even though it's, I'm never meet him or never see him. It's important to me because it's, that's, that's so lost with the corporations and everything being the same. That, that is a, that's important to me. So I guess I'm self-analyzing right now as you ask that question, um, and, I, and I'm comfortable with my decision. I, it's not greed because I've always done it, and it was not to be showy. You know, there, is a, um, there is a moniker of that, um, you know, and I'll have to get through that. But... If you're just buying it and you have no appreciation for where it comes from, if you're just buying designer label and desire brand because you want to flex on people, you know, I don't even know if that gets back. I don't know if I can answer your question. I'm just not a greedy person and I can't relate. I, I don't have any context uh, for that. I've said what I've said. I don't know what else to say about it. Oh, mama. Goodness, you are persistent. We have a super chat from... Skylar Pierce, shout out to you, Skylar. And Skylar writes, uh, looking forward to learning more about future get-togethers. What plans or programs do you use on environment? Sign me up, uh, keep up the good work. So what I want to do is uh, the house that we're in now, I want that to become the community center. Uh, it has a kitchen, it has a big living space, the fire space, it's too big for us. It's ridiculous to live in a house like that. It's not very cozy and it's not, not good for a family. A family's too spread out and we're, it's easy to just get stuck over in a corner and you never see your son anymore, you know, so we have to be deliberate about, you know, spending time together and having meals together. So that's going to be a good situation for that. I would see how I'd see that this take place. And of course, everything could change. Five couples or singles, you know, it won't just be couples, but it will be definitely focused. I definitely like to have couples. I'd like to, I'd like it, even couples that, you know, maybe opportunities for couples that are having a hard time. Um, or on the verge of divorce. And, and I don't, you know, I don't have any counseling experience, but Mrs. W is very good with people like that, especially women. Um, she, you know, 
there's a lot. Of, I, I put on. I, I I wear the pants of my family. We I I run a traditional home. That there's there's no question about that. However, um, I'm not a misogynist as as people claim I am. I dote on that woman. That woman has earned is a virtuous woman, um, and has been by my side 1,000%, has put up with me and puts up with me, has taken care of me and supported me and taken risks and chances, crazy things with me and never questioned and has just been faithful. And I am devoted to her. And she's, she's, she's next to my savior. She's, she's everything to me. I, I treat her like a queen. She's earned it. She's earned that because she's a virtuous woman. These whores and these Western women and these feminists, am I misogynistic towards them? Yeah, because what they're doing is wrong. Or where they're going is wrong, and they're starting to reap the consequences of that. I don't have respect for them, and I don't have any obligation to treat them with respect. They haven't earned it. Actually, just the opposite. So where are we going? I lost my train of thought. Oh, where it's going. So, so the nickname, the pet, one pet name that I have for Mrs. W is, is I call her the counselor. She has a spiritual gift where people open up to her and just tell their deepest, darkest secrets, strangers. Every, she can't go out. It'll be the grocery clerk. It'll be someone that she just ran into. It's always strangers that they, they get into a 15-minute, this is always initiated by the other people, they get into a 15, 20-minute conversation that, that where these, these women or men, you know, usually women, are, are, are in tears, pouring out their heart um, for, for, because they they realize that she's one of those rare people that actually listen to them. And she's a, a com kind, compassionate creature. You know, she hasn't, she hasn't lost her humanity. And that's so rare these days that people are drawn to that. So she has a gift for that. And, and that might, could be very helpful to couples that, especially women that don't, maybe are tearing down their own house, as the Bible tells us, with their, tear, tearing down their house with their own hands and not knowing it because they've subscribed to modern feminism and, and have, have, you know, made their, their, made their families and their, their families and their homes just a hell. Mrs. W drives the bus or holds the reins very, very gently and very wisely. And I know I don't exactly can't put my finger on it, but I know sometimes I'm being manipulated. <laughs> manipulated is the wrong word, or coerced uh, in, in a particular area uh, in, with velvet gloves. And she's so beautiful in that uh, she never doesn't have to take credit for it, uh, that she has the, this incredible ability to, to, to turn me in a particular direction that we should be going and make me think it's, it's, it's my idea. And I know she does this, and I understand that, and I'm completely fine with it. I, I am okay with that. You know, it's been said that discretion is the better part of valor. One of my favorite sayings of all times, that, that, that discretion is the better part of valor, and she epitomizes that. Um, she could take credit and claim a lot of the victories that maybe it would look like that were a direct result of my decisions or what I have done before, before but... We, she, she's instrumental. She's, we're 50-50. We're a partnership. We are, we are shoulder to shoulder, and I respect her, and she respects me. And my, I don't belong to myself. I belong to her, and she belongs to me. And that's the way it is. That's the way God intended us to be. Because we're not the, we're not the whole person without the feminine. And you know, the masculine 
is complemented by the feminine and the feminine is complemented by the masculine. That, that is the, the ideal of God, the, per, the, perfect, the per, perfect partnership uh, in a godly home. But um, I would like to, that's a spiritual gift. You know, when God told us if you have, if you light a candle, you know, you don't put it under a bushel. If you have a gift, if you have the ability to help folks, if you have the ability to carry one other people's burdens and make their life a little bit easier, then we have an obligation to, to do that. So couples, I wouldn't call it a ministry. I don't want to, get, I don't want to go down the track of all of these, other, these other things. We're not, we're not going to be doing anything like that. What we're doing has never been done before, and we're going to we're be reinventing the wheel here. Uh, we'll be inventing it as it goes. But I would see um, five couples, probably we'd limit it at that, because we want to be able to provide a comfortable place and for them to stay and, and a nice experience where uh, we could do individual projects. So the projects are... are are important to me. You know, that, that's one thing, whether that be the men are going to go out on a, on a motor ride or we're going to go mountain biking or we're going to go whitewater rafting or we're going to go uh, uh, chanterelle mushroom picking or go up and take advantage of the huckleberries in the most beautiful place in the state and maybe the country. That's important. But more important than that is to have time together, to be able to sit. I'm, I want to have um, an area where we can sit around together as a fi- at a fire. I want to have um, meals together. Uh, I just want to have a lot of time together. So that is important. Having something, a, a memorable experience where you can take away a skill or learn something. I, I will uh, most likely be, we do, do some clinics. Everybody can make their own ax handle. You know, we'll put that, those things together. We'll bring experts in uh, that will have particular skills that, that I don't share. Uh, it could be blacksmithing or what have you. It, it doesn't really matter. But my goal is, is that you'll have a good time. Uh, you'll come away with, with something learn something maybe you didn't know or about all what well, we all will and but also time together um lots of time together to, to talk and, and to share personal experiences that that's that's where i want to spend my last remaining years and who knows the way things are going you know those of us here may never taste death you know we may be uh the lord may come in our lifetime and that's that's a distinct possibility so we don't know yet we have to we haven't even got to curriculum. We have to have a facility before we can get there, so we can't put the cart ahead of the horse. We have a super chat from Back Creek Homestead and member. Shout out to you. He writes, day three of cold showers. I want to hear this. Uh, they are great, great exercise for great exercise for willpower. Well, you said it, brother. You said it. I, this morning, I had a good cold shower this morning. Um, thanks for the great content. My family has really enjoyed watching through the years. Yeah, so I'm on day eight, and that's going to be easy for me to remember. I'm going to, I'm not going to skip any more days. I skipped last Sabbath, so I wasn't, would have been at nine, but I'm eight. So that makes it easy because this is, this is a live stream number eight, right? Actually, I missed a live stream, so I'm still one ahead. We'll just go with eight. <laughs> it's actually nine now that I think about it. Um, I, I was actually thinking this morning, I was super motivated. You know, so now, instead of, I was just doing a basic kind of his, the Wim Hof basic breathing exercise. I, I paid the $99 or $90 or whatever it was, and I bought the, the 10-week course. And Mrs. W is going to start it on Monday. She, she, she said she was given the sweet loaf of shower uh, the other day, it, this was y- yesterday, and um, she said she looked at the nozzle because she's starting it on Monday. She's gonna take her first cold shower, and she looked at the nozzle and considered for a moment turning it to the right 
uh, to go full cold. And she said, oh, let's not be hasty. We'll do that Monday. So, <laughs> so that, was, that was her experience. But this morning, so it was the uh, second, second day into the 10-week course. I started ahead of her. I told her I don't want to do it with her. I, I need to, I like to do my own thing and she does her own thing. So what I told her I'd do is I, is I like to have an hour for this. An hour to go into the bedroom, close the door without any interruptions, about 35 minutes or so to go through the, t- the, you know, the first lesson, week one lesson, um, which is phenomenal, phenomenal. I don't think I'll be needing a chiropractor anymore. Uh, and then the cold shower, which takes about because I have to psych myself up, you know, it takes about 10, 15 minutes when it's all said and done. So it's the better part of an hour without being rushed and, and to be able to get dressed and come out. And you just come out just a new, a new person. So what our deal is, so I told her, she, you know, she's a stay-at-home mom. She takes care of the sweet loaf that when I come out, then I will, I will give her, cover her for an hour. I'll, I'll, that's when the baby's coming downstairs because I get started pretty early. Um, and then I'll just push things off a little bit. And that's why the live stream at noon works pretty good. And then I'll just, I'll, I'll spend an hour with the baby and she'll have time to, to do that. Um, and that's the way, that's the way we're going to do it. But I was thinking this morning, man, I was all revved up. I had a really, really great workout session. I was feeling relaxed and good. I, I'm looking forward to the showers, but I'm not going to say it's easy. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I still have a uh, a lot of misgivings jumping in there. And even then, if I don't stay focused on my breathing and stuff, I start to panic a little bit and thinking, oh, this is too much for me, but it's getting easier. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm all in. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I got my arms up. I'm rubbing. I'm, I got my hair. I'm, I'm in all. I'm like a bird in a bird bath. I'm all in on this. And it is amazing, amazing, the energy. Loving it, loving it. Day three, shout out to you, man. It takes balls to do that. There's a lot of people watching that want to do it that don't have courage. It does take courage to, to do it. Um, and if you, if you can do that, it's like, a, it's, like a little mini, it's like a little mini micro Navy SEAL training. You know, you hear from the guys that went through BUDS. That they say, well, after going through that and that hardship, you know, now I see the world differently. There's like nothing I can't do. There's nothing, there's nothing anyone, there's nothing I wouldn't take on because I've already, I've been through such hardship. I'm not comparing this to that. You know, don't, get, don't, don't get it twisted here. I'm just saying that, that if you can overcome that fear, which is tremendous. It was tremendous for me. I don't, this, it's, it's, it's serious, man. It's, it's not a joke. A three-minute cold shower, icy cold water in the morning, in the winter when it's cold, it's not a joke, man. If you think so, just go do it. Um, you look on, you take on the day. It's easier to take on the day. It's like, I did that. Um, how many other things in my life have I given up on at the cusp of success? It's awesome. It's amazing. Shout out to Wim Hof. He's a good dude. We have a super chat from Dean Pickett, one-year member. Shout out to you, Dean. Dean says, my son started taking cold showers this morning. I heard him yell. I think my soul just left my body. Very funny. Yeah, I was... I was not only was I yelling, I was dancing an Irish jig, man. I was anything I could do to squirm away from that, but I was committed. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. I had, I had Wim taking the shower at the same time on my phone. I'm like, if he's in it, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, but I did. I, I, I don't know if it was a shout or more like a, a guttural, a primal 
shrieking. It was a, it was a sound that I've never heard come out of my body before. Uh, that three minute cold shower, and it, it, it did go on for some time. So um, that's the reality of it. Good for him, man. Good for him. Shout out to you, Dean. I hope you're doing it as well. Servant is not greater than his master, you know. We have a super chat from Spencer Smith. Shout out to you, Spencer. And Spencer writes, my apologies if I missed it in recent videos. What's the current status of the new shop? The new shop is built and done. It is. I, I got to get over there. I'll do a, I'll, I'll do a, little, th a little video for the members. Uh, just a little phone video. I just got the garage doors on uh, a week ago. They've been on for a week. Uh, the big do doors, I, those were three, I think it took three months for those to come in. There's a national shortage for garage door panels. I, I didn't know. Uh, so we got those installed and it's done. So it's actually this morning, uh, Dry and I sat down at the table because one thing that I'm going to use for, for right now for the shop is, is Jariah, he he's my personal assistant. He works for me and, and does a lot of stuff around here. He, he carries, I, I couldn't do this without him. The reason why I'm able to make content is because he helps pick up the slack. He helps do a lot of those things that, uh, that I've had to do in the past, you know, changing oil on trucks and honeydew lists for Mrs. W and running errands. You know, he frees up a tremendous amount of time for us. But he's never really had, um, it's a difficult position for him because he's never really had a place of his own where he can work on stuff because he's kind of, sometimes if I'm filming or, or making content, you know, he can't start the tractors or he's got to be quiet and, and such. And, and so... What we're doing is, is we, he drew it out, kind of we had the footprint, and I, we sectioned off one full bay for him. It's going to be, I said, look at this, as, this is going to be your shop, where you are going to have a place where you can um, you know, come and have your lunch in peace. You can have, uh, we'll set up your toolbox. You'll have your own workbench, because he, you know, he changes the oil on my trucks uh, in the cars and does a lot of maintenance and things that, that I just don't have time to do. We do them together, but he ends up doing probably more than I do now. And it, his role, is, that's going to even increase more in the future. And so what we're going to do with the left bay is I said, look at this as your personal shop. Um, we're going to get a heater in there. So he's, he's actually this morning doing research. We're going to put in a, um, one of those uh, radiant style heaters. I don't want to do a wood stove in there because he's not, he's not going to be in there as often as I am. And he might you just need to go in there for an hour or two. It just doesn't make sense. It takes a long time to heat up a shop with a wood stove. And if you're in it all day for the long haul like I am, it's, it's the best. It's a good way. Maybe not the best way, a good way. But for him, this will give him the ability he can flip it on. He'll have good heat. You know, like those type of heats you have at the entrance of Home Depot or Costco if you've been in there. I had a shop uh, that was unheated, an old building, and I had one of those that ran the full length of the bay when I was, uh, first started my Jeep parts business. And it was very economical. It wasn't very expensive. Runs off of propane, so it's independent of the grid, um, and it heats things up very nicely. So he's doing research on that. We're going to get that ordered. Um, him and I will put that in, install that. Uh, and then um, he'll have a workbench. And then when he needs to, to work on my truck or change oil in Mrs. W's car, he'll have a spot for himself. So that bay is going to be set aside uh, for him. And he also is a, helps me a lot in prep. You know, I'll say, hey, can you get the generators out? Or if we're going to do something particular tools, you know, he'll have everything staged and ready for me. He's a tremendous help to me with those sort of, sort of things. So all of those critical tools that we have, critical things like... Um, generators, power saws, all that will be set up so he can pull his quad in there, load his things up, and either support me or go do what he's going to do. So be efficient. 
so that's the way we're going to set it up. Now, the rest of it on the other side is going to be more storage for like the cats um, or the tractors, the, the skid steer and the, and the excavator. Um, overflow things that I don't want. In, you know, my shop here or where we're filming has been storage. And so to do work or to make videos and content, I have to move stuff around. I spend more time moving things around so I can work than I do anything else. And that's got to stop. So that's going to take a lot of load. So this will be just committed to my personal things. I'll keep my motorcycle stuff in here, you know, my forge and all the stuff I like to work on and do. Um, and so I'll have my shop and he'll have his shop. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a little members video I'll, I'll, over there uh, next day or two. Next time I'm over there, I'll turn my phone on. But shout out to you, Spencer. Uh, thank you for that. We have a super chat from Little Fawn who writes, what should I pack in a grab-and-go backpack for emergencies? Well, I guess it depends on how long you want to go and where are you going. Do you have a safe place to go or do you, are you going to go out into the woods? You know, you have to consider that. So, you know, I, I, would, I would look at it as the, about the perfect combination in a really good resource is if you go on to wildland firefighting websites, there's public ones and there's private ones. We put together a kit called a, a like a, a three-day bag or a 36-hour kit or a red bag. And that's... No, I don't have it. Usually it's right here. It's, that, it's the little FSS red bag that I, that I usually have. It's about so big. And what, what we put in there is everything that, that, a, that a person would need to, to survive on your own for about three days. And that includes tent and food, so MREs and that sort of thing. So that's where I would start. I, I, if you get bigger than that, and this is just for one person, if you get bigger than that, now you're looking at big multi-day, you know, like big backpacking kits and stuff. And if you're into that, you know, you already know what you need. If you've spent three, four days on the trail, you know what you need. So use multiple resources. The camping world and the backpacking world is going to give you state-of-the-art stuff. They're going to, that's going to be the best resource. The government stuff is going to be old and more antiquated, more traditional. But there's nothing wrong with traditional. Sometimes, most, a lot of times, the old things, the tried and true, they just work. But my goal would be, how, what do I need to sustain myself for 48 hours? So what's that going to cover? First off, look, you know, take it step by step. Clothing. And when you start with clothing, start from the head down. Start with, do I have a hat? What environment do I live in? Am I going to be in snow and rain? Do I have shelter? Start with that, you know, because so, your winter bag is going to be a little bit different than your summer bag, or could be. If you just do a winter bag, then you're covered for everything. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to change stuff so much. You'll be, you'll be good. But I would look at clothing for whatever environment you find yourself in. That could be rain and cold. Uh, then you're going to need a tent and a sleeping bag and a thermarest. You're going to need a way to cook food. So get like a jet boil, you know, go to the backpacking world. Uh, MREs or dehydrated camping food is good. Some water filtration. You're going to need, and, and I would buy quality. I wouldn't buy any garbage. I'd buy, I would spend the money and buy good things. You know, get a good flashlight. Got a good flashlight with batteries and some extra batteries. Do you have a way to handle personal defense? You know, a provision for that. Uh, that sort of thing, wool socks, you know, but, you know snacks, um, you know, it's just the basic stuff, first aid kit. But I would just, don't try to reinvent the wheel, you'll just forget stuff. Just go, you can start with the, kind of the concept of the wildland firefighting three-day bag. That's very comprehensive because that's designed to, to, 
to live in an austere environment with no inputs. Because oftentimes we're in the wilderness or we're always in the forest. There's no, there's no stores around. There's no resources around. It's designed for you to survive until the cavalry comes and those resources are provided. We need to be self-reliant, self-sufficient for about three days. And that's where I would start. We have a super chat. Another super chat from I do not consent. Thank you for your generosity. Shout out to you. He says, what would it take for a private conversation with you? Um, think about it. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. Um, you know, one thing, it comes down to time more, more than anything else. It's not that I, I, don't, I don't feel myself too important to talk to anyone. It's just that if I open up that door, you know, where does it, where does it end? Uh, where does it stop? Um, so I, I don't really know how to handle that. Um, but if it's something really important, you know, I'm going to have to, Overton's going to be my right-hand man, and he's going to be kind of a buffer in these situations, and I don't want to miss out, you know, if, 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 if it's something really, really important, then I think we need to dedicate some time to that, and I will make time for that. Um, but I just don't have any way of fielding all this stuff. So get with Overton, um, make your pitch, <laughs> and uh, he can kind of bring that to me. Uh, and, and we'll just take it case by case. Uh, one thing that I, I have been thinking is in the past, I've been, uh, a lot of people have reached out to me, some people with small channels, some people with big channels, some businesses asking for, for that type of thing. Hey, um, can I call uh, to run some things for, by you? I had some business ideas. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Whether or not my opinion is, is helpful, I, you know, I, I can't say, but the requests come in to speak and such, and I've, I've always just, politefully reclined, declined. Um, I'm, I'm going to make an effort to try to do that. Um, if you have a, if you can be efficient, if you have a, um, something that, that's a good cause that's in line with what we're doing here, uh, that you would like to, as a, if I could be on your, your show or, or a podcast, I'm going to make a lot better effort to make myself available for that. But with that being said, um, you've got to have your, your, your ish together. Uh, you got to have, it's got to be professional. I'm not going to put up with any, you know, nonsense or technical problems or delays and such because you don't have your act together. My time is important. Your time is important. I will make, I'll be happy to make myself available for those things. It could be public speaking. It could be uh, whatever. I'll do it case by case, uh, but I will make that, I'll, we'll make that available. Um, and I'll also, I will, I'll run this by the middlemen to see if they can, I have a brain trust with my middlemen now um, that I didn't expect. I did, or didn't dawn on me that this would be a benefit of having this core group that's helping me with the chat uh, that is um, very, becoming very valuable to me uh, that I'm going to lean on. And the, there, there's a lot of really smart dudes in there um, that are coming up with solutions to problems that I've had here. The reason why these podcasts are going so well, it's because of them. So I'm going to lean upon on the middlemen uh, to help me come up with a solution for this. And if they can come up with something, uh, then, yeah, that's a possibility. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to them. Shout out to the middlemen. We have a super chat from WBLRIE. Shout out to you. It says, I do my best thinking in the shower. How do cold showers affect your thinking prayer time? Yet there'll be no thinking in the shower. So I, I get that. I, I the same way. 
I've always done the best thinking in the shower because it's the only place in my life that di didn't interrupt me or didn't have some temptation of grabbing a phone or, or, or to draw my attention away from it. That's common. A lot of people say that. There'll be no thinking in the shower. There'll be um, primal screams and you will find out uh, more about yourself in three minutes that, that you never knew before. Uh, don't, don't have any misconceptions that you'll be doing any thinking. You'll be surviving. And that's what it's about. It's, it's a, what the cold shower is. We've become so lazy and comfortable and lethargic that we're lost, we've lost our humanity. What the cold shower is like is the baby that comes out of the, out of the birth canal and the doctor smacks it on the behind and, and cracks it out of its lethargy, uh, lethargy and immediately goes into uh, screaming and crying because reality just smacked it on the ass. Uh, that's what the cold shower will do to you. It will wake you up and get you, it will help you to become a human again. Um, so don't have any misconceptions that you're gonna be doing any thinking in there unless you are someone completely different of a different species uh, than me. You doubt me, uh, go do it. And not tepid, full to the right, full cold, source water is what you want. And turn down the heat and open up the windows in your bathroom just to really make it effect. I'm, you know, now, when I first jumped out of there, I was in uncontrollable uh, shaking, uh, shivers. I mean, I was freezing to death. My hands were numb. It was horrible. Now, when I get out, I don't even dry off. I air dry. <laughs> I air, and that's part of it. You know, I extend the, the benefits because viruses and, and diseases and, and sicknesses, they, it does not like the, that cold. Uh, and your skin is your biggest organ. And I'm expecting to probably have a whole lot less symptoms of cold and flu and sickness uh, that I've had in the past. I think that that's going to keep the doctor away, so to speak. Um, but I don't even dry off now. So I just go right into, you know, go brush my teeth and, and do the things. And I just am probably 15 minutes with just the all, still all that cold evaporating on me in a cold bathroom, you know, extending that benefit. And I'm, I'm good with it. About 15 minutes, so the shivers start coming and I start getting un uncomfortable. And then I'll towel off and get dressed and then get my day started. That's how I do it. Welcome, Bob, new member. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Expect your new avatar or your, your member badge to change um, shortly. Um, the middlemen will, they're probably already um, putting the brain trust or the think tank together uh, to come up with the perfect, the perfect solution. We have a, a super chat from Andrew Rouse. Rouse like house. I remembered it. A new member as well. Welcome. What was your 18th birthday like? I don't remember. 18th birthday. You know, I, for some reason, I just can never, I, I have very few memories of, of those times. I mean, spotty things, important things like successful elk hunts and fishing, different things. I caught big fish and all, but just the day-to-day, -day, I, I just, I don't have any memory of it. I couldn't tell you. 18. I remember 16. Can, can I go with 16? 16 was an incredible, incredible day. I was uh, in high school. I, my dad let me skip school that day uh, because I went to the DMV and got my, license, my driver's license on my birthday. And that yellow Challenger that I shared in the, on the community page yesterday, that was my first car. That was me at 16 
at the drag race, I used to drag race out at Woodburn, Oregon on the weekends. Um, and it was me drag racing my car out there. And that day was incredible. It was, the, it was the first day of my independence. It was the first day. I had been driving for a year under a learner's permit. And back then, if you had a, 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 I think if you had a friend over 18, you, see, you couldn't drive by yourself, but you could uh, drive with a, if there was an adult in the car. It was either 18 or 21. So I befriended some of the older boys so that I could drive my own car around. And I think even they drove it for a while because I had it six months or so before I had my license. But that was the first day I got to drive it by myself. And uh, what an amazing day and what an incredible independence. that I, First time I experienced it where I could, I could truly go anywhere that I wanted to go without anyone telling me or needing a ride. And I drove into Portland and I got lost. And, and I, I don't know that anything in particular didn't just burn gas and drive around all day. But that was a great day. <laughs> I do remember that. But 18, I don't remember what I did 18. I have no idea. <laughs> well, shout out to you. Thank you for that. It's an interesting question. Welcome, Tony Bologna, Tony Bologna, uh, and new member. Shout out to you. Can you cover the top 10 lists of books every man should read or have on his, uh, their shelf? What would you recommend maybe in a YouTube short? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea, actually. I, I could, a couple that come off the top of my head, um, I would read... Um, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis, um, The Screwtape Letters. Um, I would read um, Ender's Game. Um, I would read um, Starship Troopers. I would read um, Three Men in a Boat. I would read uh, The Three Musketeers. I would read um, The Old Man in the Sea, Ernest Hemingway. Um, I would read um, oh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I enjoyed that as well. I loved um, War and Peace. I uh, enjoyed that. Uh, oh, so many, so many different books. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe a good fiction. I, I guess I listed a couple of fiction. I'll, I'll think about that. I'll, maybe I'll have to put up a list. I'll put up a list all, uh, of uh, some of my favorites. There's so many, so many. Uh, I, I like the classics. The Master and Commander series uh, is very, very good. Don't confuse it with a movie. It's, it's better than that. With Captain Aubrey, you guys will enjoy that. That, that, is, that was a great pleasure. Uh, if you have the experience to read that series for the first time, there's three of them I would recommend. I would, before I read Master and Commander, actually what was influenced, um, oh, what's the name of the author? I can't remember. But what influenced him was the Horatio Hornblower series. And I think I prefer Horatio Hornblower. Go get the Horatio Hornblower series. You'll love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful, excellent, beautifully written. Um, and, then, uh, and then I would read, uh, I'd get the Master and Commander series. Those are wonderful as well. Very, very well written. Very intelligent. It's fiction, but it's historical fiction. You'll learn a tremendous amount about, of history, of, of real history uh, from those books. It's not a waste of time. Fiction can be a waste of time if you're not careful. Like the, you know, the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I, I try to, if I'm going to spend time reading it, I want to get some benefit out of it. Another book is, um, oh, so many. I, I can't, couldn't go, I go in this forever. Uh, and then the other one, kind of in the vein of that, is um, the Sharp series. Uh, Richard Sharp, 
oh, maybe one of you guys know, I, I forget what they're called, but S-H-A-R-P, look at, just look up the Sharp series, and that follows, it again is historical fiction, but it's a, a series that starts with a, like a, a guy that just goes into the military, you know, Richard Sharp, as a, as a private, or whatever that equivalent, and then his advancement, you know, each book, you know, is kind of a, the heroic thing he does, you know, to advance up in his advancement of rank, you know, his military career. And they're really fun, entertaining books to read, really good. Um, and it covers, uh, this is during the Napoleonic Wars. The, basically, he was one of the very first, what they called the rifles. When the first rifled barreled uh, firearms were somewhat experimental, and they were revolutionary in changing the way battles were fought from the old smooth bore in that so, so they weren't, you know, wasn't, didn't have the ability to equip the entire army with them. So they started with these small, the small elite group called the Rifles, and they wore a green uniform and such. And it's about their exploits. And you learn quite a bit about um, geography and, and history through those, and they're very fun. If you want a book that's super fun for the family, and what, you, will laugh, you will laugh until you cry, uh, all ages, I'd say maybe from maybe... 10, 9, 10, 10 and up, uh, three men in a boat. Uh, three mo one of the most brilliantly hysterical, funny, clever books ever written. It's a wonderful book uh, to have on audio if you're going to be in the car uh, for a car trip. Um, wonderful book. Uh, I couldn't recommend that enough. But I will take your consideration there, um, Tony, and um, see if I can't work that in. I think that's a great idea, actually. Welcome, P Tyler. Tyler, our newest member, shout out to you. Wow, goodness, we got, what time, two hours? These are supposed to be an hour. I'm tired. <laughs> I, talk, I, talk, I talk more in two hours than I normally would talk in a month. I am tired. Okay, we should wrap it up. Gentlemen, beloved, Thank you so much uh, for spending time here with me. Um, I don't take it for granted. I, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you draw encouragement. If you are struggling with life, if you're full of fear and anxiety and just you hate to see, you know, you don't hate to see what's going on to our country, I, I, I would ask you to, to have a different look at it. What we're going through right now is biblical in that these are the birth pangs. The darkest hour I can imagine when a woman is in labor. You know, when she, that, it's a difficult thing to do. And I can imagine that right before it's over, you know, it's got to be very difficult. Very, very difficult. We are being, those of us here that are receiving and responding to the calling of Christ, we, we are going through and will be going through those birth pangs. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be dark. It's going to be things that we, we don't understand. And it'll look like maybe even hopeless sometimes. Hold fast. This is something we have to do. We need to be tested. We need to be purified. We need to, God is trying to find out who's going to stand in the gap. Who is going to have the courage to, to, to be prepared for the fight? Because if we can't survive in these little things, if we don't have the, the guts to, to, to fight through it and to get through these small challenges, which they are right now, some more than for others, but they're going to be increasing, then we can't be of any use to Him when the real pressure is, is put upon us, when our faith is truly tested. 
Now is the training ground. And just be thankful that you're here. Be thankful that you're called into the army of God, that He cares enough about you to, to, to not given up on you. Even though all the times that I turned away from Him and, 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 and despised Him and, and spit in His face and, and defied His commandments and just lived a selfish, hedonistic lifestyle where He would be well within His right to, to cast me out a long time ago. He never did. He still, he still persevered. He was still patient, long-suffering. He never gave up on us. I'm so grateful for that. And you're in the same boat. Don't be discouraged. Don't be fearful. Take day by day. Be grateful for everything that you have. Be grateful that you have a roof over your head. Don't look at what other people have and, and start feeling bad that you don't have it. None of this is going to matter when we're in the kingdom. When we're a thousand years, 10,000 years, millennials into the future, and we look back on the tiny sacrifice that, that we had to make to get there, we're going to shudder uh, with um, It's going to make you shudder to think that you, of those times that, where you were on that knife's edge where, where you could have made a decision where you would, would have prevented you from, from enjoying being in the joy of the Lord. There's nothing that this world has to offer, gentlemen. I mean, I haven't experienced all of it, but I've experienced a lot. And I can tell you from my time on earth that, that we have something, we've been destined for something greater than this. That this is, we're living in an occupied country, that we are not citizens of this country, that we are citizens of the kingdom. And God is grooming us and preparing us for that. So hold fast. If you become weak and you just don't know how you're going to do it, just be here. Just be here. Just be here and know that I'm going to make every effort to be here and we'll support one another and that you're on the winning side. Pray for one another. It works. It matters. Even though these folks that, that you, you see in the chat, you know, you, you don't know, pray for them. Pray for, pray, pray for them corporately. And I will be praying for you. Prayer is powerful and God knows what we have need of. So be of good cheer. Remember human your humanity, you were designed to be a kind, compassionate, loving creature. Not an angry, vengeful, competitive, hateful person, but a kind, compassionate creature. Jesus told us, unless you become like one of these little ones, you can in no ways enter into the kingdom of God. It mean, doesn't mean that we're to be ignorant. It just means that we, we, need, to have, we need to wear our heart on our sleeves. We need to, to embrace the emotion that we feel, the God-given emotion, that's how He speaks to us. Feelings turn to, to thought, and those thoughts need to be reacted upon. The moment God gives you a feeling in a particular way, and that thought comes into your mind, I, I should do this, or I should help this person, or I, I, sh I should say this, or go give this person a hug, don't push it away. The opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit, it needs to be reacted on immediately. That is a test for you. And the more faithfulness that you, that you demonstrate to God in those by reacting to these, the bigger and more important responsibilities God will put upon you. But if you don't react to them, if you reason them away with your logic, with the logic that is taught to us from the time we're in first grade and, and taught us to, we're taught to suppress the, the, the emotion that turns to thought, that needs to turn to action, then, then God can't use us. And we can always reason it away. You can always justify it. The world is standing in line to help you justify why you shouldn't do a particular thing, why you shouldn't help a man um, uh, pay his rent, why you shouldn't give your time to help someone um, that is in need, why you shouldn't 
come out of your comfort zone and, and give someone a hug or, or, or some encouragement that's going through a difficult time because you don't know them and you don't want to impose. If God puts those feelings on your heart, those turn to thoughts and you need to react to it. That's what it means to be a human being. That's what it means to be a, a, a child, a son and daughter of, of God. It's, it's that simple. We don't need religions. We don't need churches, congregations. We don't need those things. We need to react to what we know is right or wrong. God told us, I've written my, heart upon their written my law upon their hearts. We know instinctively what to do. But society will teach you to push that away and suppress that. And that's what 99% of the people that you meet in, this, in the world, that, that's, the, that's the delusion that they're in. They think that they're smart. They think that they're wise. You know, the good book tells us that the people that don't know God, when they look to the gospel, they look to the teachings of, of God, they look at upon it as foolishness. But it's not foolishness. It is just being human, reacting to the Holy Spirit. And the more we exercise that, and the more we react to it, the more responsibilities we're going to get, and the more, more susceptible we are to receive it. And that's half of it. The other half of it is, is the keeping your body in good physical condition. You know, God tells us, we, there's doc, I, have, I have scripture for this, where we have a responsibility with this vessel to protect it. Stop feeding it with trash. Get away, push away from the pornography. Stop, put away the alcohol. You know, I, I'm, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you that we need to be in fighting trim, that time is short. And if you are not willing to stand in that gap, if you're not willing to be a soldier for Christ, then, then he'll move on to someone else. And your regret at that day when you realize the loss and the decision that you made, because we all will make decisions. Um, I mean, can you imagine? You can't, we can't even comprehend the, sor the sorrow. People will be gnawing their tongues off from fear. Oh, goodness. We have a super chat from Sanctifi Sanctified Supply Company. Shout out to you, who writes, uh, Thank you for all your inspiration, sir. My grandfather built Gutterman Supply in Portland, Oregon. We used to, used to be a supplier for my dad uh, when, we had, when he had a construction company. I've been up there many times. Yeah, good company. He inspired me to start my own company, Sanctified Supply. Yeah, well, your dad ran a good company. That was, I have... I, I was up there many times. I have a lot of fond memories of that. Gutterman Supply. Yeah, that brings back memories. Thank you, gentlemen. Don't lose hope. May God bless you and your families. Please pray for us fervently. We are on the tip of the spear. The harvest, the harvest is ripe and the, and, the, and the workers are few. There is a very small and select group here, but we are the chosen of God. And uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I know it's true. May God bless you and your families. Please keep us in your prayers, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Oh, goodness.